Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. All right. Hello, my friend. It's that time of year. We're almost finished with 2022. I'm still trying to figure out where 2022 went. That is a sign of being 50. Life is just moving really fast, isn't it? For those of you that live in the U.S., happy belated Thanksgiving. This was yesterday. And I also know that the holidays, they can create a lot of turmoil, right? Because people are trying to frantically get their work done. There's all this need to do family stuff. There's all these work obligations for holidays. There's kids obligations for holidays. There's, you know, friends and families and stuff that you want to do. And for some, like this may be your first Thanksgiving of like, going back to the way it was before COVID. I mean, it was for us and it can bring in a lot of anxiety. What's okay? What's not? How do we do this? Forgetting how to have big gatherings. I know I've been coaching a lot of clients about the holidays and there's been a lot of rumbling, a lot of rumbling people. This is common, right? We have the Norman Rockwell, you know, idea of what the holidays are supposed to look like, or, you know, the Hallmark Channel of what the holidays are supposed to look like. And then we have the shit shows of what really happens. But we think we're the only ones. They're the difficult people during the holidays. There's dealing with new family members, or maybe they're not quite family members yet. Is it okay for me to have boundaries? Or is it okay for me to ask for what I want? You know, and learning that fine skill of how to rumble. So today's show is actually a good time to talk about your past. Because I'm sure There's been a lot of like moments over the last few weeks, not just with Thanksgiving yesterday, but over the last few weeks. And as we go into the holidays where we start to be triggered or we start to see things or we recall things that have happened in our past, and we can think of them as obstacles for what we want to create in our life. And so I'm going to talk about that today. So today's show, we're talking about your past doesn't have to create who you are today in your own involvement to who you're becoming. We're always becoming, we're learning, we're growing, we're evolving, right? We're always becoming more of who we are probably, right? We lose that part of ourselves at some point in our development of who we were, the essence of who we were the day we were born. So today you can look at this and you can look through the lens of, you know, if you want more money, right? Or maybe you want a better relationship with money. We can all have improvements with money. It doesn't matter the income or how much you're worth. It doesn't matter your job title. Like money is such a shame trigger for people. So if this is an area that you, you know, have struggles with from your past, when I talk about today's show, because I'm going to just focus on on one area, but look through it through this lens, right? Maybe you're like, hey, I want to have a better marriage. But then when you think about your past and what you grew up with, you didn't have that right? You want to have things differently for your kids and how you had them, right? So I'm going to talk today in terms of emotional intelligence. It's a big buzzword. We've got, you know, Brene Brown with the Atlas of the Heart, which is, you know, continued to be on the New York Times bestseller. 
list. It's a very intense book. Highly recommend it. It is, I tell all my clients that we use it like as an encyclopedia or a dictionary. It's like you keep going back to it because it's so dense. Mark Brackett has permission to feel, right? Susan David has her emotions research out there. Barbara Fredrickson has her emotion research out there. Todd Cashin, who I've had, you know, he talks about positive emotions. So emotional intelligence, right? It's our ability to understand what we're feeling, the language to identify what we're feeling, and the understanding of yourself of what supports you when you're feeling this and what sabotages you, right? When you're going into a deal and you need to negotiate, are you becoming overbearing because that becomes your go-to mechanism? And so how can emotional intelligence actually help you not sabotage or get in your own way? And emotional intelligence is also understanding that it's okay to cry. It doesn't mean you're weak. And for those of us who grew up with this belief that we can't cry or we would be weak or women shouldn't cry or, you know, like I grew up being told, you know, cry at my funeral, right? Crying is important. It's a release from our body. I'm going to talk about that. You can look through it through the lens of money, having a better relationship with money, wanting a better marriage you know, being a better parent, being a better friend, you know, if you want to be a better leader in your company. But what I'm going to talk about is an emotional intelligence, because I hear this a lot. And often the obstacles to cultivating emotional intelligence is, well, I was never modeled this, or I don't know how, right? I didn't grow up with this, or I wasn't allowed to feel, or this wasn't my experience. So here's, this is really, really important. The most important takeaway, your past doesn't have to determine your ability or your future. I'm going to say that again. Your past doesn't have to determine your ability or your future. My friend, you can learn new things. I used to say to myself, and it took me a long time to really understand it. But I said it to myself in the beginning and I really understand it in my bones. But Maya Angelou has one of my favorite all-time quotes, which is your parents did the best that they could with what they knew. And when you know better, you do better. So if you grew up and you grew up in a home that didn't have emotional intelligence, where there weren't emotions, where maybe the focus was on doing well academically, maybe the focus was, you know, on serving others, maybe the focus was on taking care of the family members, right? But there wasn't on how are you feeling? How are you doing and connecting? Your parents may have had different circumstances than we do, right? They may have been in much more of a survival mode. So if they didn't have the emotional intelligence that you desire, it doesn't mean that you can't learn it, right? If those around you didn't have it, it doesn't mean you can't learn it. And I always go back to the sport of swimming, right? Because that's like my it's my laboratory. I test things, right? My mom grew up in Korea. She didn't have the ability or privilege to learn how to swim, but she knew she wanted something different for my sister and I. And so she was very adamant that we learned how to swim, right? And then it's become this big part of our lives. So she went from not knowing how to swim to this very clear thing of knowing how to swim. And that's tangible. And that's something that we can measure, right? emotions, especially emotional intelligence, often we can't see it. So we think, oh, it's not that important. Or we've have all this cultural programming that, you know, being emotional is weakness or what's wrong with you. Why can't you keep it together? 
But then we talk about this mental health, you know, situation that we've got going on where we are in a mental health crisis. People are not okay, right? They can have the degrees, they can have the jobs, they can be a leader, they can have all the stuff, but really be in pain inside. And so again, why emotional intelligence can be so helpful for us to be able to learn this, to understand it and understand ourselves. One of the things is most of us didn't have emotionally available parents growing up. And oftentimes it's because they had different cultural programming. They had different circumstances. Like my mom was a survivor of two wars, right? And I've just learned recently, just even about the suppression of the Korean people, you know, so I have better understanding of what she was able to do and what her priorities were based on what her own capacity and her own experience and what she thought was going to provide safety for me. So when we go, okay, I didn't have it growing up. My parents weren't emotionally intelligent. I didn't have it role modeled. I didn't experience it, right? Oftentimes what happens is we throw up our hands and we don't honor our own inner desire inside of ourselves to become emotionally intelligent, right? And the reason we want to become emotionally intelligent is so that we can feel connection with ourselves and with others, right? So that we can experience love and belonging, again, with ourselves and with others. And this doesn't mean if you're an introvert that you need to go out every single night. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about connection on in what fills you up. Always going back to having connection with ourselves and having connections with others. One of the things when I coach introverts and extroverts and ambiverts, every walk of life of people is they want, they desire connection. There's a hunger for it. Some of it's with themselves and some of it's with other people, but they desire. And how much of it, that's a personal thing. There's not a right or wrong, right? That is personal. That's a personal preference. And again, why it's important to know, have emotional intelligence. So instead of judging yourself on what you think you're supposed to do, you allow yourself and you accept yourself for what your capacity is and what your needs are. The thing is, is that when we say, I was never role modeled this, notice what you do when your brain is telling you that story. When we say, I was never role modeled this, and you listen to your brain telling you that story, what happens? Often when my clients say this to me, it's their justification to go, okay, I'm going to accept what is. This is what it is. Or if you've been around a while, you know, like my least favorite movie of all time is the Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt movie, as good as it gets. I remember I saw that and I was like, I really liked Helen Hunt at the time and I just couldn't like it because that as good as it gets did not like that. It was kind of like this, well, this really just sucks and this is just what it is, right? There's that acceptance. Well, I was never role modeled emotional intelligence. I was never allowed to feel my feelings. Therefore, you know, I'm a 50 year old woman and it's not possible for me. And this is as good as it gets. And I'm going to just go around and compartmentalize, suck it up, move through, numb myself, have a party in my mouth, whatever, right? That could be my story. But because I don't like this as as good as it gets, and I imagine you don't like it either because you're here in our How She Really Does It community, it's about paying attention what our desires are 
instead of shutting down our desires of what we really, really, really want. Okay. And again, I'm talking about emotional intelligence. I'm talking about that, but it's as in a pathway to, you know, if we want a better relationship with money, if we want a better marriage or better relationship with our partners or with our children or with friends or within our company or to lead better, the emotional intelligence that we can cultivate and learn from the self-awareness is going to allow us to create what we're desiring in the other arenas of our life. So it's important that we identify the story of our experience, right? That yes, our parents didn't model this. I mean, one of the things that I share is when I was 11, you know, and I was really upset, that wasn't allowed growing up. Like crying wasn't allowed. I was supposed to be stoic. I was supposed to get stuff done. And my mom made a comment. And then between that and being an athlete, I learned how to suck things up. I learned how to push my emotions down. And then as an adult, I've learned there's got to be a better way right? because the pain became so great. So I'm sharing the story of my experience that, yes, my parents didn't role model this and it may not have been a priority or they didn't realize the value of understanding emotions. Or maybe they just learned that what you can't see doesn't really matter. But here's the thing is that I tuned into my own agency. I tuned into my own desires. What is it that I really, really needed? And it wasn't like, oh, I need more emotional intelligence, but it was like, maybe I learned how to feel because I've been stuffing it down with other things, food, numbing devices, right? Like it could be watching television instead of feeling my feelings and learning how to feel my feelings over the last, what, 15 years has been a beautiful gift right? And has allowed me my own transformation as the same with my clients. So the great news I have for you is even if you didn't have a role model, even if you didn't have this experience, it's a learnable skill set. And here's the thing. I have a hunch that deep down, you know, it's a learnable skill set because again, you're here part of this community at how she really does it right? This is a community where we're learning where inspiration and possibility meet. If this is possible for others, what is possible for me? And using this show as a way to give you insight into change and to be able to create the life that you desire. So whether you're looking for your own windows of possibility or trying to figure out how to do your own transformation, you're here because ultimately you want a better life, which goes back to the topic today of Your past doesn't have to create your future. Having a better way of life, it's learnable. And remember, it's important to understand the subtle difference between owning your story of this is how I grew up and the subtle difference of this is what happened and not being stuck in it. So how you know the difference, one of the things is to check in on your hope gauge, right? Like I can share that story of, you know, being an athlete, not being able to have feelings because you just didn't want to be the girl that cried on the swim team, right? Or being told as a kid not to cry. So those are experiences. Those were very profound messages that I received. And then I thought, but maybe there's another way, or really I can tune into my body and what's that sensation I'm feeling on my arms or in my stomach or my chest and getting connected with that. There is a better way in realizing that. So I can own my story and not go get hopeless. I can own my story and go, okay, this is learnable. 
Or if you own your story and you throw your hands up in the air and go, well, this is just who I am and is as good as it gets, right? So notice the difference. So what can I learn is a great question. When you realize that this wasn't part of my growing up, this wasn't part of something that was taught to me, right? What can I learn? Who can help me? And I ask that because so often we think we're supposed to go it alone, which is really a bunch of BS. I talked about the self-help industry, right? Like, yes, it's great. There's some things that we do do alone, but we're also so much more powerful with others. So who can help me or who can I do this with? And these are questions that are applicable in so many other areas. It can be an exercise. There are times that like, okay, what can I learn? Right? And do I want to do this by myself? Sometimes I do. And sometimes I'm like, no, who can I do this with? Or who can help me? Right? And it's really important to pay attention and check in with that. So as you're going through and you notice that you get stuck because of your past and allowing it to define you, remember your past doesn't have to create your future. You create your future. We've gone through those experiences of our past and then we get to decide. And I get it. Sometimes we do this pendulum swing, right? Like this is, this is what I would grow up with. And so this is what I'm not going to do in my life. But remember, life is full of color and many, many shades, many, many different shades of color. So if you want emotional intelligence, you can learn about emotions. You can learn to connect with your body. You can learn how it feels with your emotions, right? You can allow yourself the space to feel. I am one of the, uh, depending on the time, but Thursday nights at nine o'clock or eight o'clock, I'm probably at my capacity is really low, but I often am a great place to hold space for people to cry, right? So many of my clients are so strong and they're the ones that are caring so much for everybody else, but allowing that space for them to cry where they learn that they can cry and let that release, right? So those are things you can practice. Those are the life full of color with many, many shades. So it's not like stoic and no emotions to totally emotional. There's all these different shades of color. There's all these different colors. And then there's spaces where you allow it, right? Where it's appropriate to share and maybe not as appropriate to share, right? And who's earned the right to hear it or see it. So this emotional language, you can over time, You can continue to learn about your emotions and broaden your emotional language. These are skill sets. So this will give you more access to yourself as well as connection to others. Because here's the thing, my friend, we want connection, right? We need it. We're actually hardwired for it. We're hardwired for belonging. And again, what may you may need is going to be very different than what I need versus what, you know, Jane Smith is going to need over here. We all have different preferences. And even in, for me, what I need in different seasons of lives or different time of the week is going to be different. Like certain days, my need for connection is going to be very, very low. And certain days, my need is going to be more increased. So we fluctuate and we have personal preference. So we are hardwired for this belonging. And by connecting with your emotional intelligence, it allows you to be able to connect with others. 
We have this whole culture that's selling us on love, right? We have rom-com movies. We're going into the holidays. There's all these like magical thinking about how the holidays are going to be fantastic and it's all going to be great. And we forget about the shit shows, right? We're going to be going to holiday rom-com movies where, you know, boy meets girl or girl meets girl or boy meets boy and they live happily ever after, right? This is what's going to be programmed in us. And yet we protect ourselves from the very thing that we want, which is love. Because it's what we learned growing up with the limited tools and knowledge of those in our lives. Instead, as we learn emotional intelligence, as we learn loving ourselves, as we learn the capacity to love and what it looks like, as we learn that, hey, I'm sad right now and that's okay. And what's underneath this? It allows us to take down the armor and show up and be seen and to feel safe. We use that armor to protect us. It also disconnects us from those that we love and want to be with. So my friend, we can overcome the obstacles of we didn't see it. We didn't experience it. The people in our lives didn't role model it, right? They may have had very limited skill sets. It may not have been a priority. They may not even realize that it was something that was important. But you are here right now. And what do you choose to do? It's learnable. There are skills that we can learn. We have access to information. We go and practice. If we sit here and hold on to the story it wasn't taught to us, then our brain goes, oh, see, I don't have to go and figure it out. We can learn this. We can figure it out. We can practice. And we're going to do it imperfectly, right? Which is so hard for us high achievers. Like when you think, oh, if I'm really good at this or I'm worthy of this, then I'll get this done. No, no. We fall down all the time, all the time. So, My invitation to you is why not you? Why not you create the future you desire? Why not you overcome the obstacles in your life so you can live the life you desire instead of allowing your past to create your future? I'm smelling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short, they're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box.
never been so wild.